Hi, I'm Cassie Haynes. And I'm Jean friedman Rudowski, co-executive directors of Resolve Philly. Welcome to Resolved, the podcast series in which we talk about the things we are firmly determined to do and why. This episode is about Resolve's focus on transforming how communities engage with news and information. This is a really important one, and for some of you, it might be self-explanatory. But for those of you who are newer to these types of conversations, we'll break it down. All right. Journalists talk a lot about how the media has a trust problem. There's lamentation about how they, meaning the communities we're supposed to be serving, don't trust us anymore. This is an absolute truth. They don't. Though we'd argue that any more, in air quotes, is off the mark. It's likely journalism never had the trust in its golden days that a lot of people like to think it did. Through our work at Resolve, what we've heard is that people don't trust journalism for several reasons. First, they don't see themselves reflected in the ranks of the journalism industry, and they feel put off by the traditional reporting process that keeps them as passive consumers. Second, We as journalists do things that routinely damage the fragile relationships that we do have. For example, we use language to describe communities that is, at best, inaccurate. At worst, it's offensive. Third, people don't trust journalists because we're not meeting the information needs of the majority of our communities. We're not paying as much attention as we should to what kind of news and information people want and need on a daily basis. A lot of Resolve's work centers on finding solutions to these big, big problems. And this all revolves around transforming how communities engage with news and information. And so we're going to talk with someone who lives and breathes this stuff every day. Derek Kane is Resolve's community engagement editor, and he's going to unpack our plans for how we'll tackle the communication and trust breakdown that exists among journalists and communities. And we're also going to hear from Michael Nutter, the 98th mayor of Philadelphia. He'll share his thoughts on the impact we could have when we truly do transform how communities engage with news and information. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it. Hey, it's Cassie here, and I'm with Derek Kane, Resolve's community engagement editor. Hey, Derek. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Great. Derek, I'm wondering what brought you to this work? Well, for me, it's because of some lived experience. I was in a situation where um, changing the narrative was important to me because going through my past and and being a a convicted felon, coming home, the the narrative was most of the time that the media looked at a person who just returned home as, not saying an issue, but a lot of people feel that over years that convicted felons are they will never change. There won't be no, any, no help for them or they'll end up going back to jail for whatever they went to jail for. So what brought me to this work was for me, it was important to come home and do some things that shows that people who might have made a mistake in their past doesn't define them who they are moving in the future. The challenge is coming home and starting this job is the community doesn't trust the media. So I'm tasked to bridge that gap between the reporters and the community members. So when I go out in these communities, I start off with asking a few questions to the community members about how they feel about the news, where do you get your news from, what do you love about your neighborhood? A lot of these questions, they're a little surprised because a lot of times journalists don't come in there and ask general questions like that. They come in there for one specific reason and then they're gone. So I guess for me initially, um, just coming out there and telling them and giving them my experience and my background, it peels back a lot of the mistrust. So they're willing to talk to me more about things that they probably wouldn't talk to another journalist or reporter about. So for me, building that relationship is first 
given them my experience, given them my background, where I came from, and second, then try to really get down to the things that matter to them the most. And then I sit back and I listen. I don't talk anymore. I just let them speak. Can you tell me about the importance of trust between communities and journalism? It's very important for the community to understand that when their story is put in the hands of a journalist, that they feel it's going to reflect them accurately. I feel a lot of times, and most people that I talk to, feel that the journalists don't get it right. They just come parachuting in, they get their quote or their headline, and then they're gone. There's no follow-up. There's nothing to make the situation more personalized to them. So they feel like it's a distance, it's a, it's a, it's a gap, essentially. Transforming the way our neighbors engage with and access news and information is a big part of Resolve's strategy. Can you talk a bit about what this is going to look like in 2020? In 2020, um, I feel community members are going to have a better flow of information because of my work. Our work is first talking about what matters to them how they feel about it, how they can access information, because they feel they don't have it now. The communities feel that they don't have the access or the voice to make change. And I believe through community engagement and letting them be a part of the process helps information flow better and also help them to gain trust with media. What's what's an example of when you say you want people to be a part of the process, give me an example as to what that means. What does that look like in your everyday when you're interviewing somebody and you're talking, especially when it's a life situation where it's their life, nine times out of ten, it's their experience, right? You talk about the importance of the story and it's, they're the story. So letting them be a part of the process and creating that so it's authentic is important. That's how you build trust. They understand that when I share my story and I'm giving this to the journalist or the reporter, their story is going to reflect the things that I said accurately. And if you don't have that trust, there's not going to be an authentic article and it's also going to continue to make the gap wider. One of the components of Resolve's community engagement strategy that you're leading is this event series called Sound Off. Can you tell us a bit more about the Sound Off event series? The Sound Off event series is a listening tour with community members to express how they feel about media and how they feel about their neighborhoods, just anything that they feel is relevant to their life. It's an expression that most of these community members feel they don't have access to normally, so I believe this is a platform for them to just speak about that. A few weeks ago... You kicked off the Sound Off event series in Strawberry Mansion. What other parts of the city are, are you visiting? We're looking to go at East Germantown because you have a lot of East Germantown residents who don't really come out to events out that way or feel they don't have a voice. So we're going to go out to East Germantown. We're going to try Frankfurt area of Philadelphia, just different parts of the city that aren't really represented in the news other than gun violence or things of that nature. I want to ask you about the other side of that engagement work, which is you're out there in the community talking with folks about how they're engaging with news and information, how they feel about coverage, their thoughts and feelings on things that they want to see reported on, what they love about their communities, et cetera. The other side of that work is how we go about communicating that back to the reporting partners so that that feedback then gets implemented into the content that the partners are producing so that really what we're hoping to create is this feedback loop that's inclusive of community members and of journalists. So can you talk a little bit about that side of the strategy? Well, that side of the strategy, what I'd like to do is I would like to, um, I want to start an initiative called the Expand the Process. Expand the Process will be uh, all the partners together talking about how do I trust that these Partners will tell the story in an authentic way that reflects the community members that I'm bringing to the table. Meaning, I want to bring some type of set of practices where 
the community members feel confident when they're going into and dealing with Resolve and Broken Philly that these stories will reflect them accurately. And in order to do that, there has to be an agreement with the collaborating partners that we will treat these people with dignity and we will also be truthful and authentic when they report these stories. Thank you so much for being here, Derek. I'm super excited for what our community engagement strategy looks like in 2020 and happy that you are at the helm. Thank you. Hi, I'm Michael Nutter, citizen and former mayor of the city of Philadelphia. Michael, poverty has been a tremendous challenge in Philadelphia. And I am wondering if you can do just a little bit of a foundation laying in terms of what we're talking about. Sure. So when we talk about poverty in Philadelphia, we have to take the long-term view, almost a longitudinal approach. The current poverty rate, most recent statistics are 24.5% of Philadelphians live at or below the federal poverty line. What does that really mean? That's about 400,000 people. We've had a poverty rate in Philadelphia over 20% for 40 years. It is entrenched. It is intergenerational. We are, unfortunately, the poorest big city in the United States of America. And we have the highest deep poverty rate as well. Back in January, Resolve partnered with you and with Ashley Putnam and our friends at the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia to produce an event called the Prosperity Symposium, where we brought together lots of folks from a lot of different fields, um, but in particular research and academia to really talk about solutions. This is something that you have been personally invested in both during your tenure as mayor and also in your post-mayoral career. What is it about this challenge that feels so personal to you? Well, and our other uh, partner was from academia, the University of Pennsylvania, where I have a senior fellowship at the School of Social Policy and Practice and heavily supported by the president's office, the provost's office at Penn in particular. And I think academia is critically important in this effort because of the research, because of the third-party validation that you might get from some best practices. The reason it's important to me is I'm a lifelong Philadelphian. I've watched our city through the good and the bad. I had the honor of being a city council member for 14 and a half years, a district council member. I saw and experienced with my constituents poverty up front, and certainly as mayor all across the city for eight years. Poverty is the weight. It is the anchor. It is what is holding back so many hundreds of thousands of Philadelphians and people in the region from reaching their God-given potential. And as a public servant, as a citizen, as just a person who cares, it is the number one issue facing Philadelphia. And I just want Philadelphians and people in the region, the political community, the business community, the philanthropic community, the religious community, the civic community, to imagine what Philadelphia would look like with a less than 20% poverty rate. People would experience graduating from high school at much higher rates. They would go on to a two-year or four-year or a career in technical education program, some post-high school educational experience that would get them into the workforce, get them to start a business, get them into careers. I want people to imagine what that Philadelphia would be like. It would set this city 
on a hill, in a place that other cities would marvel and want to imitate. I want to pivot to talk a little bit about the role of news and information in achieving that vision, because one of the things that we talk about a lot at Resolve and is a reason why this is a central priority that we're focusing on is that in order to achieve that vision, we have to transform how people are receiving their information and the usefulness Absolutely. of the information that's being delivered to members of a community, right? And so I'm excited to hear from you about the role you think that local journalism has mm-hmm. and specifically broken Philly. I think Mm -hmm. the power of that collaboration, obviously, I believe in the power of that collaboration or I wouldn't be here. But to specifically impact something as deep and entrenched as the economic mobility of our community. Well, first of all, I think that people in Philadelphia and the region are talking about poverty, having more conversations about poverty because of what Resolve Philadelphia has done, because of the journalism and the journalistic partnerships that you have created, 20 plus entities. And this Broken Philly series, which is really what brought you and I together, I kept seeing these stories in this headline, Broken Philly. And finally, one day I said, what the hell is this? What is this about? Who are these people? Right? So I'm imagining this vast organization, this big nonprofit, and then I meet you and Jean, and that's it. <laughs> I said, these ladies are kicking ass here. Uh, but the way you've done it has drawn people in in a way that is not finger-pointing. It is about narrative. It's about what every entity can do that everyone has a role to play. And that when we talk about 24.5% or 390,000 plus people in poverty, what you all have done at Resolve Philadelphia, what Broken Philly has done, has made this a narrative about people, not numbers. That there are real people and lives involved in the stories that are told, which is where the power is. If we are successful in redefining what engagement with local news looks like and people are able to really make sound choices based on information that is delivered, what would Philadelphia look like? If my neighbors had the information that they needed in order to access services, programs, opportunities to learn about different parts of the city that impact their lives in positive ways, what would that look like? So we know that information is educational. Education is powerful. And power helps people make better decisions. When you're empowered and understand what's going on in your community and in your life, you make a wide array of probably different decisions about how you manage yourself, how you manage your household, the opportunities that are available in front of you. And so this is about high-quality journalism that tells stories, that information matters, that facts matter, that holding government accountable matters, and that a group of people, whether local, state, or federal, make decisions that have an impact on our lives. Ten years from now, when Jean and I have invited you to give some sort of speech because 
the broken Philly, well, it probably won't be broken Philly at that point because we'll have, you know, solved it all. But um, <laughs> when the reporting partners have yeah. won their, like, you know, fifth Pulitzer Prize, yeah. you know, and you're standing there, what are you saying that the impact of this work has been on the community? Yeah. With commitment, focus, dedication, there is no reason that Philadelphia should not be at or about a 20% poverty rate. I think this city will have been transformed. It will be a very, very different place 10 years from now. If we do the things that we can do, we need to do, we must do. And I think that Broken Philly, Resolve Philadelphia will be looked upon with evidence as the transformational organization we now believe it is. And it's showing evidence of already, but there will be full proof. 10 years from now, of what Resolve Philadelphia, what the Broken Philly series, what the journalists have changed, not only the narrative, but the mindset. Culture change is very, very difficult. And getting people to look at these issues and think about these issues in a very, very different way. And I think ultimately that will be the power of what Resolve Philadelphia has done. Michael, thanks so much for joining me today. This has been really fun. I appreciate your time so much and your support over the last 18 months as we've gotten Resolve and Broken Philly off the ground has been immeasurable. Well, Cassie, thanks for having me. And, you know, hearing this conversation, uh, the only other person who calls me Michael is my mother. And in this particular case, I was not in trouble. To find out more about Resolve Philly, follow us on the web at resolvephilly.org or find us on Twitter at Resolve Philly. As always, we want to thank the folks who enable our work to happen on a daily basis, our fantastic funders. They are the Knight Lenfest Local News Transformation Fund, Independence Public Media, the Solutions Journalism Network, Wincoat Foundation, the News Integrity Initiative, the Kahneman Treisman Center for Behavioral Science and Public Policy at Princeton University, and the Philadelphia Foundation. And a big thank you to our producers, Stephanie Marutis of Cuvenda Media and Rad Linder. 